there's that noise again, Gamecock fans. Didn't expect to hear me again today, did you? Back uh, with you, J.C. Sherbert, inside the Gamecocks podcast. Emergency podcast number two uh, of what has been a, a very newsworthy day for the University of South Carolina football program. I had to come at you this afternoon with the bad news that Marshawn Lloyd out for the year with a torn ACL. Big blow for this year's Gamecock team. Uh, Hill McGranahan and I went through all that. Uh, and then tonight, coming at you with uh, right here about 8.34 p.m. Eastern. Uh, this happened about an hour and some change ago. Big news for the future for South Carolina as five-star quarterback Gunnar Stockton out of Raven County, Georgia, commits to South Carolina. He's the first commit for 2022. Uh, that, that, that's a rising junior in high school. Five-star guy, top 30 guy in the country. Um probably will end up being if it holds and I have no reason to think it won't, but we know how these things go sometimes. Uh, the highest rated quarterback to ever sign with South Carolina uh, in the modern recruiting era. I think if you go back, certain people that were ranking players at the time, I think had Todd Ellis, number one, there was at least one poll that did, but, but in kind of the modern era of recruiting coverage where you have networks and star ratings and, Composite ratings and all that. Uh, Steven Garcia, I think, would be the highest rated one. Maybe Ryan Halinski. Um, actually, I'm going to pull that up for you because I don't want to be inaccurate about this because <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's a big deal. But, you know, Gunnar Stockton, uh, probably the first five-star quarterback um, I've known uh, to commit to South Carolina since I've been doing this. Uh, and it's not to say South Carolina hadn't had, you know, great quarterbacks – and great quarterback play uh, and all that. But, um, you know, the, the rankings coming out of high school haven't been, you know, that high. And Stockton is that high. Um, okay, just looking at it now. All right, so Gunnar Stockton already is one, two, three, four, five, six. Set the seventh highest rated commit ever. He's behind Ricardo Hurley ahead of Stephon Gilmore. Uh, and, yeah, quarterback-wise, Garcia was the top guy. Ryan Holinsky was two spaces behind him. And then Luke Doty was uh, right down the way behind him. Uh, and so, yeah, so this is uh, this is exciting if you're South Carolina. Gunnar Stockton uh, plays for J. Bo Shaw, who is Connor Shaw's older brother, the great Connor Shaw, uh, who won more games than any quarterback in Carolina history. Uh, Connor's dad, Lee, was the head coach at Rabin County before Jabo took over. Of course, Jabo played at Georgia Tech, Georgia Southern. Um, really good athlete, really good player, as was Connor. Uh, and then Gunnar Stockton had a long relationship with Mike Bobo. Uh, Mike Bobo, Gamecocks offensive coordinator. His dad has given Gunnar Stockton quarterback lessons or, or whatever um, for a long, long time since Gunnar was five or six years old. Gunnar Stockton is 6'2", about 200 pounds, 6'1", 196. He was listed last year, so here's about 6'2", 200 right now. Of course, there's a lot of time left for him to grow, uh, but he's big enough. Uh, he's fast. He's elusive. He's got a very good arm, good arm strength, good fastball, could change speeds uh, on his throws, good velocity, um, really not a lot of bad that you could say about him, five-star prospect, 
number one dual threat quarterback in the class of 2022 per 24-7 sports composite rankings. Had an offer from Alabama, offer from Arkansas, offer from Georgia. It came down to Georgia, Carolina. Georgia Tech had offered, LSU had offered, NC State had offered, North Carolina, Ohio State, Penn State, Southern Cal, West Virginia, Rutgers uh, were among the offers that he had. He had a Colorado State offer, too. I think Bobo took care of that way back when. So, Gunnar Stockton, you know, big-time quarterback commit. And what, what I think happens when you get a guy like this, too, is you end up, you know, having a centerpiece for your class. Uh, in other words, everybody knows who Gunnar – every kid in the country is going to know who Stockton is because they look at the rankings and all that. And this is where rankings really can matter. Um, and when you recruit a quarterback like that, you know, come with me. You know, you have to have a good quarterback to be good. Uh, a good quarterback does not mean you're going to win. But if you don't have good quarterback play, chances of you winning are very slim, uh, especially in the SEC. So, you know, they're going to look at this. They're going to see a kid that's a winner, um, that's a guy that can, you know, scramble around, make some plays, uh, good arm. Uh, and, you know, for the next two years, he's going to, you know, be commit, you know, rooting, recruiting for the Gamecocks. Um, and that could be awfully helpful. And it's, it's almost always better when it's a quarterback because quarterback's the leader of your team. He can be the leader of your class. Um, don't think for a minute that Clemson getting Deshaun Watson, uh, who's also from Northeast Georgia, uh, down the road in Gainesville. Don't think for a second them getting Deshaun Watson didn't help them pull in some guys because uh, he was that good of a player uh, in that class Deshaun came in just to use that as a point of reference. I mean, so this is as big – as far as early commits go, this is as big as it gets. And, and you guys know me. I'm not one this far down the road that's going to get too terribly excited one way or another about a kid that, that pulls the trigger on a commitment. I mean, Lavoisier Carroll was an early commit like this. Very nice, you know, very nice pickup and all. But, you know, you sort of knew well, he probably, you know, probably won't stick. You know, because he wasn't a quarterback. Quarterbacks stick because it's a domino effect. Now, now all other schools that were hoping to get Gunnar Stockton, you know, they're just going to go move on to other players, you know. And so he's going to end up, um, you know, being the guy for Carolina. And that kind of person that you have, and I'm sitting here watching this film, and it's, it's really, really good, um, can be very beneficial when you're trying to put together a class. And when you think about 2022 as well, you know, this year in state, 2021, probably not the best, you know, you'd, you'd think, um, as far as depth and things like that go. But in 2022, the state of South Carolina does have, you know, some really good players. You know, Jaden Lucas, the cornerback for Malden, is a national player, 31st in the country. Uh, according to Composite, you got Jaleel Skinner who a lot of people projecting as a tight end right now, the number 82 player in the country, Jalen Sneed out of Hilton Head, the number 94 player in the country. He's a linebacker. Uh, of course, I don't think so. I don't know if South Carolina's really going to have a good shot at him. Uh, Adam Randall from Myrtle Beach, four-star player, number 176 in the country. He's a wide receiver. Been hearing a lot about him in Tennessee lately, but the reaction to the Gunner Stockton commitment was pretty solid. Um, Colin Sadler is a, is a – you know, player out of Greenville. Um, and I was reading 24-7 sports rankings. Big offensive tackle, uh, number 146 in the composite. Randall's 270 in composite. Uh, 
Um, you know, so you kind of look up and down the the list uh, of the in-state prospects, and you know, there's some there's some players, uh, and, and then you go over to the state of Georgia. I mean, you know, he's going to have an impact on recruiting in that state. The top player from that state, Travis Hunter, has already committed to FSU for whatever reason. Um, but then you got other guys. Gunner Stockton is the number three player in the state of Georgia right now. Right down the road in Jefferson, which is near Athens, um, Malachi Starks is one of the better players there. You got a big D tackle from Columbus Hardaway. The list goes on and on. Georgia, the state of Georgia is loaded, and Georgia can't sign them all. So if you think about it from that aspect, um, this is a guy that for that next class can, can really help you get things going, give you some momentum. The Gamecocks win their share of in-state battles. Uh, I do think Clemson is going to get some guys from in-state in 2022, and that's just that's just how it is. But you win your share of battles. You get into North Carolina. Uh, you keep recruiting like you're recruiting. And, and Gunnar Stockton can help you, you know, rankings-wise, put together a heck of a class. Now, February of 2022 is a long way away. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I'm assuming since he's a quarterback, he'll probably enroll early. You know, so we're probably about 15 months away from him signing. And so during this time, you know, he can really help the Gamecocks piece together the class. Um, you know, highly rated, another highly rated guy uh, coming to South Carolina under the staff. You know, you look at it, you know, the number two most highly rated recruit, Jordan Birch, number four most highly rated recruit, Zach Pickens. Now you got the number seven in Gunnar Stockton. You go on down the list, you got number 11 in Marshawn Lloyd. You know, 12, 30, 40, 50, 16, and Ryan Holinsky. You know, so the top 20 all time that have signed with Carolina, and then this is really if you're going on, a de- you know, by the dates here, it's probably back to about two, the year 2000, so since the turn of the century, because we really didn't track it before then really well. So of the top 20, one, two, three, four, five, including – Gunnar Stockton have come from this staff and you know the majority of them came from the the Spurrier staff there's a couple of Holtz guys in there but you know that's good when you're trying to rebuild and build back that you could still you know with a four and eight record you know go and sign the number eight overall player in the country and Jordan Birch at the end of last year you kept Marshawn Lloyd committed uh you kept Luke Doty committed uh all the guys that were you know highly rated in that class. Uh, you got Pickens and Helensky the year before from California, an in-state guy. Uh, and then you go, you know, Carolina has not won a game since they went four and eight. And then you go and get a five-star player uh, from 2022. Uh, and I think that's, that's recruiting folks. That's when, you know, people kind of make fun of the selling ice to Eskimos thing. Well, this is selling ice to Eskimos. I mean, you know, South Carolina doesn't have any business. You don't put the cart before the horse in recruiting. Uh, you have to go get your share of guys and scratch and claw and develop and wh- put put a team on the field that can win enough games to then where you can go sign just a little bit better class. And then you go and, and then all of a sudden you're contending for the East and you got to contend for the East. Maybe you win it one day, maybe you don't. You get in contention and then you sign a better class. Then they put you over the top in the East and then you make the, the, the zone and then you recruit, you try to recruit better, better, better. It's uh, That's kind of how you build it. You know, I, I don't think, you know, South Carolina wasn't going to have, 
you know, Bull Muschamp come in here and, and, and sign a top bunch of top 10 classes. That's just not, that's not how South Carolina's set up. People say, well, what about Tennessee and North Carolina? Well, North Carolina's benefiting from having a lot of highly rated guys in their state. Um, and they're getting them all. And South Carolina has gotten a lot percentage wise of the highly rated guys in their state too. But there's just more in North Carolina this particular cycle. It's a perfect storm, and they've done a great job. And that's problematic for South Carolina because, you know, they need access to that talent. Uh, well, how's Tennessee doing it? Well, Tennessee's got a lot more in the trophy case than South Carolina. Um, and they've got a 100,000-seat stadium, and they've got a great recruiting staff, and they've got something to sell, and they've won national championships and SEC championships, and Peyton Manning played there. Um, you know, it, they're dripping with tradition more so than the Gamecocks. And so whenever they start to turn, if you've noticed, under Butch Jones, they didn't do it under Derek Dooley, but under Lane Kiffin they did. Lane Kiffin and then Butch Jones. Um, when they start to turn, they can go put together a top 10 recruiting class. I think with Tennessee, what you got to worry about is, are they beating you head-to-head on players within your footprint that you really want? You know, not guys from Tennessee – because that's that's always tough. But, you know, out-of-state guys, guys from North Carolina, guys from Georgia. Um, the code red, the the, the, the the DEFCON 1, so to speak, or is it 5? I always mix that up. The DEFCON, the bad DEFCON level comes when Tennessee starts coming into South Carolina and signing two or three guys every cycle that the Gamecocks won't. Because that's what happened in the 90s. You know, Tennessee gets Tyrion Ingram Dawkins – then I think that's a five-alarm fire. You know, they, they get Adam Randall for the next class, like I, like I mentioned, five-alarm fire. Right now what they're doing is they're getting guys from the state like Jalen Hyatt, you know, that the Gamecocks passed over, and they're trying to pluck guys like that. Or, you know, in the case of Bryce Thompson, you know, it was a guy Carolina couldn't take, um, you know, Tion Evans was a, a JUCO guy. They kind of worked the back door on in Hartsville. But, yeah, I seem to remember a guy that played on a lot of great Tennessee teams named Albert Hainsworth that's from Hartsville, too. So they got some connections there. And it was a JUCO guy, and Carolina didn't really know, you know. So, you know, that, that that's what you got to worry about with Tennessee. Don't worry about their recruiting ranking. That's happened. You know, that happened under Lane Kiffin. It happened under Vent, uh, Bush Jones. For whatever reason, didn't happen under Dooley. But, you know, when you talk about Tennessee and North Carolina, I, I would just, you know, say those are different situations than what Will Muschamp's been in at South Carolina. And those are different programs in South Carolina. Um, South Carolina needs to sign the top elite talent in their state and then try to pick as many guys off in other states that are no-brainers. And then, you know, the other two-thirds of the class, you got to evaluate your butt off. And you got to go find guys. That's what Steve Spurrier did. <laughs> a lot of those NFL guys, Steve Spurrier coached, weren't like highly recruited guys. DJ Swearinger, Antonio Allen, uh, both come to mind. Uh, Ace Sanders uh, was not highly recruited. Gamecocks beat West Virginia on him. Bruce Ellington was a basketball recruit. Brandon Wilds, definitely not highly recruited. Ronald Patrick, Gamecocks beat, beat a late Florida State offer on him. But other than that, not a lot of interest. You know, Corey Robinson obviously had no other offers but South Carolina. You know, Jasper Brinkley allegedly had a Georgia offer, but it really was um, 
it really was a situation where it was, uh, you know, we wanted to go with Casper or whatever. I mean, you know, the, the list is long, you know, go all the way back to Darren, Darren Stewart, Captain Munnerlin, uh, Emmanuel Cook and those guys. Um, the list is pretty long, you know, guys in the Spurrier era that ended up being some of the best players during the best run in program history that weren't necessarily highly recruited. And that's what you have to do. I'm not saying you don't need highly recruited guys because you do. And, and if you ever want to get to beyond the Spurrier level, which was, you know, in, in a general sense, um, competing for the SEC East in consecutive years. Um, they didn't win it, but competing for the East, you know, uh, you could say 2010 to 2014, they were legitimate contenders. Even though that 2014 team was seven and six, um, you know, they were three blown leads away from winning the East that year. So they were in contention. Um, to get it back to that point, I mean, you don't, you know, you don't need, I mean, you need to do what I just said. Now, to get it to the point where you can go to the Dome, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and beat the West champion and maybe advance to the playoff, yeah, you need a little more help than that. And you need a generational-type quarterback, I think. You know, the teams that end up in the playoff just about every year have really good quarterback play. And that can come from all areas. I mean, Joe Burrow, when he was a junior, he was a lot like Jake Bentley. You know, in terms of he would have games where he'd go 13 for 29, and then he'd have games where he looked pretty good, and he kind of scrambled around like Jake and all that. Um, then you saw what happened his senior year. The light came on. Well, then you also have your Baker Mayfields of the world who walk on, ends up transferring into Oklahoma. Um, you know, you have Tua your five, and Trevor Lawrence, your two five-star guys. You know, Deshaun Watson was a borderline five-star guy. Turned out he was special, you know. So that can help you, too. And, you know, I think that when you look at it, you know, like I said, it's not going to be an automatic Carolina is going to win the national championship because Gunnar Stockton's coming. But you're like, you know, without a guy like Gunnar Stockton or without a great quarterback, and again, it can come from all areas, your chances are very slim. <laughs> so, you know, that's why this is an important recruit. And, and that's kind of the long and short of recruiting and how to get the roster right. And I think the roster's come a million miles. I've said it. I don't think Carolina went four and eight last year because they didn't have ball players. I think they they had trouble in games. They had issues on game day, um, and some unfortunate positions some of the players were put in. I'm thinking of the Missouri game, uh, and then just some dang rotten luck, like against Florida. Um, you know, there, there were there were more reasons. There was better talent on that field than what it showed, and I think they'll show that this year. Hopefully, Marshawn Lloyd's a big hit, but uh, hopefully they'll do that and get it together because we may not even be talking about this. You know, we may be coaching change or something if things don't turn around. So, um, and all of that, of course, depends on COVID and budget and all that. So we'll see what happens this year. Um, I do think this is a big day for South Carolina. I think anytime you get a five-star quarterback, it's it's special. Um, of course, expectations are going to be high now. Uh, and you got to wait two years, 15 months before he signs and enrolls. But um, it's a big recruiting win, crossing state lines uh, and getting this guy, beating out University of Georgia for him. Um, credit to Mike Bobo and Will Muschamp for getting it done. Connor Shaw, I'm sure, helped with that too. Um, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, this is a, obviously potentially down the road going to be a big, big, big deal. Uh, maybe the turning point 
uh, in the uh, in the program in terms of taking it um, to a next a next level. Because I do I do think the expectation should be that they they get off the level they're at now four and eight. Um, so we'll see kind of what happens. Maybe that gives them another boost and something to build on here in a couple of years. All right. I promised you an emergency podcast, those of you on the Big Spur that requested it. So it's here. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back in the morning answering mailbag questions. Please, 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 if you have a mailbag question, inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. That's inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. Already got a couple. Um, or at me, at me, bro. <laughs> uh, at the Big Spur Pod on Twitter. Um, at the Big Spur Pod on Twitter. I'll read them all gladly and proudly uh, on the Friday episode and then, you know, any other daily episodes we have until then. All right, so hopefully no more emergency pods today. This is J.C. Sherbert. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcast, iTunes. Go rate us five stars, leave a review. I'd certainly appreciate that. That helps us get up in the rankings. Uh, and the listenership has grown and grown and grown. Uh, so I hope it continues to do so. All right. Roller coaster day for the Gamecocks, but ended on a good note. Talk to you good folks tomorrow. Have a great evening.